Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, we are going to recap that insane Habs Flyers game from Saturday night at the Bell Center. We're going to have three up and three down. We're going to talk Lane Hudson. We're going to talk Cole Caulfield, and we're going to talk so much else on that list. All that and more inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 729 of Locked On Canadians, I believe it is. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day, for listening to us wherever you listen to your podcast, or if you are watching us on YouTube. I have survived the snowpocalypse of Buffalo, New York. We will talk about that on our bonus episode with some of your mailbag questions. So please, I will. we will talk about that then. I am, of course, Scott Matla. I cannot be killed by the snow or the thunder snow or anything else. I am invincible and taking all the wrong lessons from my idiocy. And I am joined by the active stick, Laura Saba, who has already given me the very stern lecturing I deserved for doing stupid things last week. Laura, hi, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, for those of you who listen to us as well as Game Over, I apologize for not being able to appear on last night's episode, the Saturday night episode. The plan was for myself and Alice Moran to uh, join Andrew Berkshire, and Alice had an emergency, and I was extremely sick. So apologies, but we will be back on Game Over. With our, the duo will be reunited at some point in the coming weeks, very close, actually. Uh, in the meantime, I did watch that game in a state of delirium, but I think not having a fever would not have improved that experience of watching that game in any way, because it was very, very wild. Like at some points I did wonder if I was imagining what was going on, but that's not true. And obviously the Canadians came out with a, uh, a shootout win, which was, uh, which was, I mean, you know, you got bonus hockey, you got a whole bunch of stuff going on in that game. But if you were to ask me to sum that game up in one one sentence or even one word, I don't know if I'd be able to narrow it down. I'm just going to call it a Habs Flyers circus. I think circus is a good one because as I was shoveling out my car, the Flyers scored less than a minute into the game and then scored two minutes later, like three minutes into the debut, debut of Mike Matheson in Montreal. He was minus two and things were not going well. And then the Habs just went, what if we just win instead? You know, uh, Brendan Gallagher and Christian Dvorak get them back on the board with a really nice uh, secondary assist from Arbor Jack. Had to get that puck on net. Sean Monaghan scores, then doesn't score, but it kind of counts. And then we had a 37-minute review that took longer than the Storm did to dissipate here. And it wasn't a goal, so Cole Caulfield just scored anyways. And then... You know, the Habs, Mike Matheson gets his first goal as a Canadian. Kevin Hayes ties it up and or gives them the lead. It's just everything happened in this. And then it all culminated in one of the like most ice cold moments I've ever seen at the end of the game here, because I was able to watch this at least was I had gotten home and I was making dinner. And I'm watching on my phone and I'm watching that desperate push from the Canadians to try and get a tying goal to force overtime. 
and Nick Suzuki's pass to Cole Caulfield. John Tortorella was laughing on the bench because what do you even do about that? Just 1.9 seconds left on the clock to force overtime and then come away with a shootout win. It's Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield are those dudes. They've got that dog in them. Whatever you want to say, they are those dudes. The only team with two players in the top 10 for goal scoring in the NHL this year is the Montreal Canadiens, which is a wild statement to say when you consider how bad they were last year at the same point. I'm running out of adjectives. Like this is the thing, like the Canadians have a better record than we expected, but they still have more losses than you'd think like a good team would have. Right. And then you look at, you look at those two and it's wild. It, it, it's, it's, it's exactly what you want. You know, we keep saying that that is the theme of this season. And I saw that happen so many times on Saturday night as well. People were like, you know, if it's going to be one of those seasons where it's like they're going to be struggling, they're going to be quote unquote rebuilding. I don't even know what they're doing anymore. Now they're just preparing for the future. Like this is how you want it to go. You want that excitement. You want every single goal from the opponent to be answered. You want them, you know, after giving up a goal in the first minute, two goals, like, like right away at the beginning of the game, you want them to come back. You want them to not just to win, but you want them to keep fighting all game. And they do that, and they do that on the strength of their offensive talent. It's And that's the thing is it's like the Canadians, we're not saying they are a good team because they're very clearly flawed. And when we get into our down segment, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the regression here. But they're above 500 right now through 18 games. They are 9-8-1 for 19 points. Um, I They are one point behind Florida for fifth place in the Atlantic Division. They are five points up on the Sabres and Ottawa. And like that's if we're looking, I'm looking at the wild card right now. The Canadians are literally one or are three points out of a wild card spot chasing the Rangers and the Red Wings. They're so much better than we expected, and they're still not even there yet. Yeah, and I, I don't want to be a huge downer. Uh, I do think that first line keeps getting caved in uh defensively they do have to do something about this like as a whole as a team I don't think they should break up that line but I think they should uh you know have other other threats for the 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 opponents to play against uh I I'm struggling I'm struggling to find positive things to say about their two-way play even though Nick Suzuki obviously has that talent you're not expecting that necessarily from Cole Caulfield but you are expecting it from Kirby Doc you are expecting it from Nick Suzuki both of whom were drafted as centers both of whom who were you know, being developed as centers and Kirby doc is now playing on the wing, but the whole idea is that he's a center. You want better defensive play from them. I'm not seeing that. I know we're going to talk about our three up and three down in our next segment, but that's something that I wanted to point out as an ongoing theme for this season is I want to see better from them defensively. I don't want to see them getting hemmed in for 10 minutes because of the stupid flyers who aren't even that good. I think part of it is, is that I look at this and I go, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield and Kirby doc are going to be the most used forwards because they are the best forwards on this team. I don't think that is a disputable fact at this point. And part of it, they uh, um, Caulfield played a lot more than usual because Mike Hoffman was injured um, in the game. I think a lot of it is that Martin St. Louis has unlocked their offensive talent. And what they need now is they need somebody to eat up some of those defensive minutes, whether that's Christian Dvorak, whether that's Sean Monahan and Jake Evans. If they can do that and just free up that line to be more offensive on its own, 
Habs are sitting pretty going forward. And I think that's the next great challenge for Martin St. Louis and the coaching staff is figuring that out. And yes, the Habs won and it was great. There was a lot of bad at the same time. And we're going to talk about that all coming up in our three down segment coming up next. But first, did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their nationally award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Like we said, you don't want to have your nephew's gift, your grandkids' gifts, your gifts for your significant other, or for yourself. You don't want to have them delivered and someone comes by and swipes them off the front porch. With Simply Safe, there is a 24-7 support staff on hand for whatever you need and whatever you could possibly need to do to protect your home. And in an emergency, they're 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture all critical evidence and verify the threat so you can get priority police response. So folks, trust me, you're going to want this if you want that peace of mind during the holidays, even if you're going away too. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system we recommend here. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/lockedonnhl. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't miss out. And one more time, that's simplysafe.com/lockedonnhl and remember, there's no safe like Simply Safe. We are back. We are locked on Canadians. We are not stuck in a snowbank in South Buffalo. It is time for three up, three down. And we, as always, we start with our downs for the week. And I, I know I have some NHL ones, but I'm going to start in the AHL here because the Rockets split a season or a weekend series with the Cleveland Monsters. On Friday night, their penalty kill gave up five power play goals against in six opportunities. They are a team very much in distress. I think there is some miscommunication going on between the new regime of Hughes and Gordon and Jean-Francois Houle, who was seemingly kind of getting everyone into the Ducharme system. And even last year under Martin St. Louis, he had to learn what they're expecting. There seems to be some frustration between what the what he wants to do with the team, he wants to play veterans like a Tori Dello, but the that mandate from management is the younger guys need to play and develop. And the team has won now, I believe, five games in seventeen this season. They're not playing badly, but I think one of my downs is they got to get this pipeline sorted out, especially if they're going to have Slavkovsky in the AHL at some point this season. What are you going to do when guys like Owen Beck and Philip Mesha are likely going to be turning pro next season? You got to have a pipeline in place here. We've seen what happens when it's in disarray. And I don't want to do that again when there are much higher stakes here uh, overall. I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I, I think, you know, one of the things that we get asked a lot actually is like, why are the Rocket doing the way they're doing? That's a question that comes up a lot. I know it's early in the season, but, you know, we get a lot of mailback questions about that. It's like, why, why, why? So I think you know, we're going to continue to keep an eye on it. It, And the weird part about it is not to harp on this for too long. It's just, it's like they put up 30, 35, 40 shots. It's just, they can't keep the puck out of their net. They're one of the highest scoring teams in the league. 
offensively, they're great. Across the board, they can produce goals. It's just the mental mistakes, and they cannot keep them out of their net. And that's a big, big problem. Is it personnel? I don't I don't really think it is. It's just like it's it's not what you want to see from a team that was one win away from getting to the Calder Cup finals last year. And maybe they'll figure it out. Maybe it's just, hey, we acquired this guy and everything falls into place and clicks. But for the time being, it's not what you want. The young guys are playing well if that's going to help set people at ease. But you want to see more from a team that was expected to win this season. Um, also on my down list, and I feel bad doing this, the goaltending regression kind of hit this week a little bit, I think. Jake Allen isn't where he needs to be overall. I still think he's playing well, but the regression is there. Samuel Montembeau kind of had a rough outing against the Blue Jackets as well. And they're still scoring tons of goals in these games. Yes, the teams they were playing were not great. But Laura, do you think I have Allen on my down list, but it's one of those things that it's like, it's just a regression to the mean. I still don't think he's bad or by any means. We're not anywhere close to where we were at last season. Not at all. And I think it is important to note that, you know, the last couple of months, well, the last, yeah, almost couple of months since the beginning of the season, the last 18 games, let's say, um, we have noted a lot where the goaltending was playing above its talent level. That's not in dispute. They were playing lights out. They're playing much better than you expect, right? And I think at some point they were going to regress to the mean. It just happens. That's the way it is. So the question now is, are they going to regress any further or are they going to retain average goaltending? And is the focus now going to be on the defense and trying to improve it? Which, good news, Matheson's back. But I think the spotlight is going to be a lot more on the defense. Like, I think the defensive, like structure construction and strategy is going to come into play a lot more because if you get consistent average goaltending you've got decent enough forwards you know you've got obviously you have one scoring line and then you're searching for secondary scoring but it's not it's not bad up there it's the defense and the transition that I'm worried about so if you have just average goaltending if you have Montalbo not playing badly if you have Jake Allen not playing badly and you have your forward lines able to put stuff together to put some chances high danger chances together like your focus becomes the defense and I think that's the thing that we've been worried about all along before the puck drop that's the question that we had the whole time and now that question has come back right the goaltending and Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield allowed us allowed us to not have to worry about that and now it's time now we're going to worry about that yeah and my final down and it's not really so much a down is i just wish they would send slavkovsky to the ahl at this point but the thing is every time it looks like they're in a position to send him down someone gets injured someone gets suspended like call up rem pitlick to play on the fourth line or give anthony richard a shot because he's played really well in the ahl you got to give this kid minutes um because here's they're not the question though here's the thing like they don't have to send him to the ahl if they give him more minutes and that's exactly it is if Mike Hoffman is injured, you need to give him that time that I said, and if he's not ready for that, you go, okay, you're going to the AHL then to get that ice time and develop. Cause Seattle, while we've been recording this, just assigned Shane Wright to the AHL for conditioning a 14, a 14 day stint in the AHL. I still don't understand what the situation is. He's been scratched in 11 out of 18 games and now they're sending him back. They're down to the AHL on conditioning. They won't send him back to junior. 
and they're likely going to release him for world juniors. I don't want this situation to become what Slavkovsky is stuck in. I'm glad that he is sticking at the NHL level. I really think he needs more ice time, more of that power play time to become that player that they're hoping for here. And I think the Rocket, want, for one thing, could use another player like him. We've talked about it before. And I don't think the Canadians are going to let this situation get anywhere nearly as bad as Shane Wright's is. And I just... It's. I want them to get away from that, and I don't want them to become fall into those same pitfalls as so many other picks. Be patient with this. If you lose a little bit of depth scoring, you're not supposed to be good this year, anyways, and it all works out fine. Um, that's going to wrap up our three downs. Uh, you can always let us know in the comments who your three down of the week are, and we will, you know, take a peek at those when we take a look in the comments. And folks, if you have enjoyed three up, three down this week, you're going to want to check out our show tomorrow too, where we're going to go. Media Roundup Everything, Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes were on various podcasts. Uh, Dominique Ducharme kind of got roasted by a former member of the Canadians in his autobiography, and we're going to kind of go over all of that. And that's all coming up in tomorrow's show. And coming up next, it's our three-up segment because we love to end the week or start the week on a positive note, and we're going to get into that coming up next. But first, today's show is brought to you by BetOnline, and BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting info, stats, news and analysis you want to bet on football you can bet on football you want to bet on hockey you can bet on hockey if you want to bet on boxing mma basketball whatever you want bet online has you covered and they have sports podcasts that you can't find anywhere else but at bet online and they're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed so head to the website today that's betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more and remember folks bet online it's where the game starts. We are back. I have talked a lot in this show. And so I'm going to kind of take uh, the torch here and pass it to my co-host to start our three up segment where we talk about the brightest of the bright spots in the Montreal Canadiens organization. Laura, you and I both agreed on this yesterday when we talked, trying to plan out this show. Who is our first up of the week? Lane Hudson is our uh, first up of the week. So I know there's a lot, but uh, I mean, we haven't talked about Lane Hudson in a while, to be fair, even though if it were up to me, I would hype up the Short King every single episode, five days a week, wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. But he had 11 points in 11 games. And not only that, on Saturday night as the Canadians, what? 12 points in 11 games. 12 points in 11 games. I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry about that, Lane. Um, and, uh, and, uh, he won, he, he won the game in overtime. I, I think, I think that, that, that merits it. You know, like there's so many reasons to be hype about this kid and he's not doing anything to dispel our, our hype. And here's a stat that comes from Hattie from Lockdown NHL Prospects, our good friend. You should go subscribe to Lockdown NHL Prospects so you can hear more good things about Lane Hudson and other players. And we will retweet this tweet on the Lockdown Canadians account, but just want you all to see this. In the last 23 years, only one NCAA defenseman put up more points per game in his draft plus one season than Lane Hudson so far. And is it is, Kale McCarr? No, it's Adam Fox. Fox was also playing Ivy League only. Hudson is doing this playing in Hockey East, which is notoriously competitive on the second pair and without top pairing power play minutes. 
uh, right now uh, it is Hudson has 1.09 point per game. Fox had 1.14. He's a special, special player. He is so I, I, I made it a point to sit down and watch him between periods with the rocket game on ESPN plus because he's a treat to watch. And the minute he gets more ice time, he's going to put up points and he's going to get left off a of team USA because he is short and that is dumb and it is stupid and I hate it. And I'm going to be mad about it when it comes around in December again, but Lane Hudson is the absolute truth. He is also on my up list this week. There's no way that he could not be. And to keep with the trend of short King season here at Locked On Canadians, Cole effing Caulfield is so, so good at putting pucks behind goaltenders and making it look easy. Three points against the Flyers. He had a mini slump of three games where people started taking their own victory lap about his shooting regression and then he flipped up the double bird like he stone-cold Steve Austin and went, I'm just going to throw this back in your face. I don't know what Dominic Ducharme did to Cole Caulfield to turn him into whatever he was or what Martin St. Louis did to turn him into a destroyer of worlds. But holy crap, night and day, opposite ends of the spectrum, like mind-blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. Here's my question Why is it that people keep taking these victory laps when he goes a game without a point? He has a three game slump. Like, what about Cole Caulfield has taught you that you're not going to be left with egg on your face at the end of this? Like, stop hating on him and just just get on board. Get on board with this kid who might who might actually score 40 goals this season. He's got 11 in 18 games. 11, 12? How many he is has he got? 11. He He's has got 11 goals in 18 games. You, he can get there. He can get there. So here's the thing. So if you are, whatever, if you're a Canadians hater, if you don't like short people, what's wrong with you? Whatever it is. Stop trying to, like, it's not a gotcha. It's not a gotcha when Cole Caulfield has one bad game, two bad games. He had an entire half a bad season, and he still came back and he's doing this. Like, why won't you learn your lesson? Like, why do you persist in doing this? Like, it's just, just save yourself. Go find some other player to hate on, maybe preferably one that's not on the halves, and preferably one that's not so good that they're going to keep proving you wrong. Maybe they have a humiliation kink. I don't know. I'm not here to kink shame people, but like, and here's the thing is like, yeah, we've kind of run the, you know, ninth worst contract joke into the ground at this point, because I did read the article and Tom was correct. He's like, I think my model is going to be wrong here. The graphics team did do dirty with that and posting it, knowing people aren't going to read the article and just get mad. But that's besides the point here. Also on the up list this week, I'm trying to think of who else I can put on there. Um, and it might be uh, Cedric Guindon, who is quietly flying under the radar in the OHL. He's in, I believe, the top five for scoring. A good friend of ours, Robert Rice, who worked at Eyes on the Prize, has been paying attention to him out there. And was at the Owen Beck versus Vincennes Roar game today. Vincennes Roar, primary assist, game winner in overtime. Owen Beck, two assists in the game. The Habs OHL prospects just are, are phenomenal. I'm really excited to see more from Vincent's roar and Laura. 
I, I don't think we can have any more adjectives to describe Owen Beck without them filing a restraining order against us. I honestly, you know what, Owen Beck, you're talking about the absolute truth, Owen Beck. I started fretting about who's going to be the second line center if Kirby Doc was playing on the wing with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. And like five people responded, Owen Beck. So, <laughs> you know what, I'm yeah. not fretting. I'm not fretting. I think Owen Beck is 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 the absolute truth as well. I can't wait for this kid to make the NHL. I think it could be as soon as next year. I think, you know, I, 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 there are so many superlatives. I just, I love his work ethic. I love the way he plays. I love, I love just like what a delightful kid he seems to be. Why are you grinning? What did he do now? Owen Beck is third in the OHL in goals. Um, Cedric Guindon is fourth in points. Owen Beck is 12th or tied for 11th, I should say, like. And see, that was a, the knock on him was his production last year. Yeah, right? where it was and his that... first full OHL season after COVID, like. And one more thing, Kingdon's third in the OHL for assists, like the under the under the radar players. The Habs 2021 draft could be franchise defining for them if everything goes well draft. here. 2021, yeah. 2022. Owen Beck was drafted 2022. <laughs> I'm very, oh my God. Someone's going to clip this and just throw it back movies. Yes, the 20, the draft I was literally at, I can't remember what year it was. It's okay. 20- Here's the thing. Cause there's like, there's some people out there and like, listen, I know you're trying to be helpful, but every time we make a mistake, you DM us. And it's like, we do five episodes a week and we say a lot of words. Like that's what we do. So like when we make one mistake, like, don't worry. It's not that we don't know our stuff. Usually it's that we're tired from surviving a deadly snowstorm. Uh, but yeah, like, don't worry. We know. We know. When we make a mistake, like, everybody tells us about it. It's fine. Scott, it was 2022. I'm preempting the people that DM you every wrong thing you say. Well, they want to DM me every wrong thing I say. Uh, get in line. There's a lot of criticism. <laughs> That's why I go to therapy anyway. So... That's going to wrap up our three up and three down for this week. As always, coming up tomorrow. Yeah, it's coming up tomorrow. We are doing the media roundup. We're going to talk Kent Hughes's podcast. We're going to talk Jeff Gordon's podcast interview. We're going to talk about the book that has a lot to say about Dominique Ducharme's time in Montreal and so much else. We're going to be combing through all of that. We're going to preview the Sabres game a little bit. They're on an eight-game losing streak, which means the Canadians are going to lose in truly impressive fashion to them because that is how this always works. But also, please tweet us your own three up and three down at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. Drop it in the comments here on YouTube. If you are subscribed, ring the bell so when we post our videos, including a very special bonus episode later on this week, you get notified and you get to be one of the cool kids who watches the premiere at midnight like the rest of us. So... Thank you for that. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matla. And when you're done listening to us, please check out Locked On Sports today. They have all the sports news you need. Same place, wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube. Folks, we will see you all next time.